I was uh, visiting a friend in another country, and uh, whilst he was at work, I did some sightseeing on my own. Anyway, whilst walking in a park in the middle of the city, I met a, a couple of delightful locals who could speak excellent English. They were very friendly, and before I realized it, I was caught up in a scam. Those locals turned out to be not so delightful after all. I wonder, has anything ever like that happened to you? Have you ever been kind of badly deceived? Fortunately, I managed to get out of that scam without suffering any loss. But afterwards, I felt so foolish. We hate being duped, don't we? Absolutely hate it. We, we hate being deceived. Well, the Bible writers are very keen that no one is deceived about what Christmas is all about. Because unless we're careful, actually we can easily be deceived about Christmas. You see, from about the kind of was it mid-October, our society bombards us with numerous question, uh, uh, questions and ideas about Christmas. It's the, it's the air we breathe. So Christmas is all about family get-togethers and office parties. It's about watching good TV on the box. It's about good food and drink. It's about shopping and presents. It's about carol services and hearty singing. It's about decorations and pantomimes. It's about having something to look forward to as the nights get longer and longer. Now, none of those things are wrong. In fact, they're all really good. But they can so easily blind us to what Christmas is really all about. What makes it so special? But in a verse, which I've printed also on your service sheet, it'll come up on the screen. Then we have one, from 1 Timothy uh, 1.5, it's 1.15, 1 Timothy 1.15. The Apostle Paul, who wrote that, those words, gives us a trustworthy and reliable explanation of what Christmas is really all about. This is what he writes. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom, he says, I am the worst. Now, there are three things that verse tells us about the Christmas message. First, it tells us the place to which Jesus came. This is the kind of the breathtaking uh, event that we celebrate every Christmas, that Christ Jesus came into our world. The birth of a baby is nearly always the cause of great celebration. But what made the birth of this baby so exciting is the identity of the one being born. In our first reading, we heard one of the prophecies that God made hundreds of years before Jesus was born through the prophet Micah. From Bethlehem, a ruler would come in the strength and majesty of God who will protect and sustain his people. Likewise, the prophet Isaiah foresaw the birth of a child, a descendant of the great King David, who would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. See, Jesus Christ was not simply a moral teacher or an inspired prophet. He was and is the Everlasting Father, the Mighty God, who has come into our world. I think many today are very confused about God and what he's like. Many, as they have not seen God or had a personal experience of God, think that he 
doesn't exist. Friends, God isn't hiding. He's turned up on the scene. As Matthew explains, this is why I wanted you to have the math open on page six. Have a look at it. On verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. If we want to know who God is and what he's like, we only need to look to Jesus. Many, because they've experienced great suffering themselves or have seen others suffer, think that God doesn't care. Perhaps if he does exist, he's not worth knowing. Friends, God is interested in us and he does care. He cares enough to personally immerse himself in the squalor and pain of our broken world. When God took on humanity, he wasn't born in a palace. He was born in poverty, in a drafty cave or shed. God gave notice of his coming through the prophets. And 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, he delivered on that promise. In Jesus, the almighty creator God has intervened dramatically in our world. The second thing that Paul tells us is the people for whom he came. See, many say, don't they, that uh, Christmas is for the children, or uh, Christmas is a time when we think of others who are uh, worse off than us. Here, but Paul tells us that Christmas is for sinners. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then he adds, of which I am the worst. Now, that is a big shock to many. And it was in Jesus' day. And when Jesus grew up and began his public ministry, he ministered to all sorts of people, including some very disreputable people indeed. And the religious, moral people were offended by this. To which Jesus said this, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. See, if we think that we're moral and uh, or religious, then actually, according to Jesus, according to Paul, Christmas is not for us. Jesus can do nothing for us. Because Jesus didn't come for moral people, for religious people. He came for sinners. See, this is the amazing truth that the Apostle Paul discovered. He was at one time a zealous, self-righteous Pharisee. He thought he was good enough for God. And then he came to the realization that for all his moral endeavors, he was actually opposing God. See, when he adds, of which I am the worst, I don't think that Paul, I don't think he was just kind of being modest. (laughs) I just think he was simply being self-aware. See, the Bible teaches us that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous, not even one. When it comes to relating to God, actually, we've all treated him appallingly. None of us have given God the devotion or the honor of which he's worthy. None of us have kept his commands. For instance, can any of us truly say that even for one day that we have loved the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, and with all our strength? 
Friends, none of us can take the moral high ground. Now, this is all very uncomfortable, unsettling for those who think that they are good enough for God. But for those who, like the Apostle Paul, realize they aren't, for those who up till now have been careless about their soul and relating to God, this is the most glorious news. Because Jesus came into the world for sinners. And then finally, we get the reason why he came. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came in the world to, to save sinners. See, we would expect that if God was coming into the world for sinners, he'd be coming to judge them or, or punish them. And yes, God, that is what God will do uh, uh, kind of one day on the day of judgment. I mean, a just and loving and holy God cannot tolerate indefinitely humanity's continued rebellion against him, nor can he tolerate indefinitely our deep-seated self-centeredness, which produces so much misery and pain in the world. Jesus promised that one day he would return to wind up human history and to judge in the living and the dead and to bring in God's perfected new kingdom. But that's not what Jesus came to do 2,000 years ago. When my uh, eldest uh, son was born, I I bought him a little rugby ball to put in his cot. Because I used to play rugby, and I I hoped that when he grew up, that he would uh, uh, play the game. Well, when Jesus was born, he was given something by God, his father, which pointed to his future. He was given a name. So can you take again, look at uh, the the Matthew's Gospels, and look at, uh, again, uh, verse 21. The angel uh, told Joseph, uh, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. So they didn't choose their own the name. They were given that Joseph and Mary were told to give uh, Jesus that name. Because why? He will save his people from their sins. When my uh, son was born, I gave him a rugby ball. When the eternal son of God was born, he was handed almost a death certificate. That's effectively what Jesus' name was. It was a constant reminder to him as he grew up that he was born to die. Because it was while Jesus was hanging on a Roman cross that he saved sinners from their sins. We've all fallen short of God's standards. We are all by nature under God's judgment. But while Jesus was hanging on that cross... He was bearing the punishment for our sins. So that all those who put their trust in Jesus might receive forgiveness from the God whom they've offended. We all hate being deceived, don't we? Well, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now, some of us here this lunchtime have already acted on this trustworthy saying. You recognize Jesus as God's king, and you've entrusted your life to him. You know what it means to be forgiven by God, and you've taken out time this afternoon to sing the praises of God who loves sinners so much that he was willing to enter the world and die on a cross for them.
But I imagine that there are others of us here who are yet to act on what God has done for us in Jesus. And we're perhaps keeping Jesus slightly at arm's length. Perhaps you don't realize your need. Perhaps you have doubts whether any of this is true. Well, guy, I just encourage you to take things further. See, the Christian invitation is always come and see. It is not, as so many think it is, kind of shut your eyes and believe. Uh, do take away these Matthew's Gospels that you've been given. Take it away, pick it up, read from beginning to end. Read an account of Jesus' life and ask you, what do I make of him? And the other thing you could do, if you want, is join a course which enables you to explore the Christian claims in a sort of no-pressure atmosphere. Many churches run one, and if you want the details of the one we hold here at All Souls, you'll actually find details of it just on the inside of the the back page of your orders of service. It's called uh, Hope Explored, and it starts on the 8th of uh, January. So, for this Christmas... Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners.